Hi, welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited that you have decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first episode, welcome. If you are part of the community here, welcome back. I am so glad to have you. If you missed the last episode, definitely go back and check it out. I had a chance to sit down and talk to some educator moms who are single just like us. And we talked all about working from home, parenting, and teaching our kids at the same time. Quite a few moms reached out to me and thanked me for doing that episode because they had started to feel like they were alone. They didn't want to have to do it all or feel like they were pressured to do it all. And the reality is that we can't do it all. And you just have to give yourself a little more grace. In today's episode, I have the opportunity to sit down and chat with a local therapist. And we are talking all about therapy and why moms need it. During this time of uncertainty, I believe that so many people have anxiety. I've seen it all over social media. People are talking about their anxiety is at an all-time high. And so my fear is that if people do not get the help that they need or they don't have the tools they need to cope, then it's going to turn into something bigger. And typically, anxiety leads to depression, right? And if you are not emotionally well, you cannot parent to the best of your ability. But before we get into today's episode, I know that a lot of you are looking for ways to inspire your little girls. Well, I have great news for you. Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls podcast is an expansion of its best-selling book, which tells hundreds of bedtime stories about the lives of extraordinary women from the past and present. It was designed to close the confidence gap in young girls. These stories explore the talent and results of incredible women across every possible field, from astronauts, chefs, trombonists, judges, scientists, tennis players, from Jane Goodall to Simone Biles. Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls is narrated by other inspiring women such as Melinda Gates, Jessica Valenti, Jamila Jamil, Justina Machado, and many more. Research says that by the age of six, many girls already believe that they are less smart than boys. And only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition. Most of history has been primarily documented by men, which is a narrative that is woven throughout the textbooks our children read today. Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls offers children the opportunity to hear about historic moments from a woman's context. To inspire the rebel girl in your life, go and find Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls on your favorite podcast player. Now, let's get into today's episode. 
Elena, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you on. Can you take a moment to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, my name is Elena Lopez. I'm the owner of Heart to Heart Counseling Services in Houston, Texas. I have been in business for over 12 years, private practice. I have experience working with children, adolescents, adults, families, couples, you name it. I basically work with them. And I am married, but I was raised by a single mother. And I think this show can also just identify to other women that may be married but feel like the situation is single. And I have two daughters. Awesome. So, Elena, before we get into this conversation, I just want you to take a moment to tell everybody what therapy actually is. Is it the same as counseling? And what if they have a coach already? Do you think they still need therapy? Okay. What therapy? Some people call it psychotherapy. Some people call it counseling. And some people actually call therapy coaching. Well, the difference between, let's just say, psychotherapy and counseling is that a psychotherapist has to go through, you know, at least four years of undergrad and earn their master's and get a license by the licensing board of their state. So with most um, therapists, we have to be licensed through the state and only can practice within the state that we live. Also, we are required to complete 24 hours of training each year. Well, we renew our license every two years, so have those um, hours completed so that we can remain current to what's going on and making sure that we're providing our clients with the most current and adequate care. Now, a coach is a little different. They don't necessarily have to have a four-year degree. They don't have a licensing board. They can practice anywhere in the United States. A lot of coaches meet via virtual, texting, and sometimes in person, but it's just like a a more ongoing situation where they both focus on the here and now, like from present to the future. Most therapists start from like childhood. They like to process things that may have start from your childhood, um, things that may have that you may have experienced in the past that may be causing you to make some of the choices that you're making today. So if you're looking to like have a total process of what's going on, like trying to understand why do I just keep making the same mistake over and over again? I wonder if maybe the parenting that I received as a child or the relationships that I witnessed as a child has an effect on how I operate today, then you will most definitely be looking for a therapist. But if you're looking at, I feel like I process anything I've been through my childhood. I think I've had a good childhood. I think I've been making good choices, been a good relationship. But maybe I'm trying to build this business or maybe I'm trying to move on to find a better group of friends. I'm thinking about maybe moving to a new state. And I just want to know the processes I need to do to be successful with that. You might want to look more into coaching. Okay, so mainly for about reaching like some future goals, not necessarily trying to get to the root of the issues that have been playing out in your life. Exactly. And sometimes when people say that's how come you can call therapy, like instead of saying the 
the technical term psychotherapy because like well nothing's not wrong with me so sometimes that can shy people away from the therapy but yes i believe that therapy is, is a great start because it can help you identify if you need to process anything that may have happened early on in life and to make it help you look in depth and even to see if you do suffer with a mental health concern like depression anxiety ptsd or if any of those things could be contributing to the choices and decisions that you're making today. So yes, psychotherapy, therapy counseling is more comprehensive. Coaching mainly starts from the here and looking on towards the future. Okay, so would you say therapy and counseling is basically the same thing? Exactly, yes. Okay, so I don't know if we should really get too deep into this, but I don't know if you want to you know, talk about it. But so when people are out there looking for someone, you have, you know, your licensed social workers, you have your mental health counselors, you have, you know, some people that just say they're therapists. So what are the main differences, I guess, in those? You know, I know that they have a master's, but how do you know if one is better for you than the other? So like each state, the title that you give the licensed professional counselor is different. Like here in Texas, we are, you know, LPC licensed professional counselor. And also you have a licensed clinical social worker. Then you have a LMFT. That's a licensed marriage family therapist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you have those things. So of course, you know, then you have um, licensed sex therapists. You have licensed. Yes. I've seen them on Instagram now. you're looking for so some people might see the acronym lft and they'll look it up and see okay that's a licensed marriage family therapist well i'm having concerns in my marriage or my family i might want to use those those therapists have more training in family and couples work versus a licensed professional counselor a lesson a licensed professional counselor and a lot of times a licensed clinical social worker is more kind of general you know, when you receive your license for um, LPC, Licensed Professional Counsel, which we use here in Texas, you don't really have a certain specialty. It depends on that particular therapist to do more research in a certain area. So like the LMFT or the Licensed Sex Therapist, that was their core, that's what they studied. They went all the way, they looked all into, you know, everything like with the sex therapists, you know, they study sex, they study human nature, they study all those things to help, you know, your relationship thrive. So if you're looking to put a little spice in the relationship, that's definitely where you'll be going. If you're looking for the mar- the family concerns, marriage and just family bonding, like say for instance, a lot of people who may be a parent, they have multiple children, they look for an LMFT because that would be the person that is doing all the specific research for that. Um, like I say, when you look at a, someone who has an LPC, licensed professional counselor, or whatever the acronym is used in your state, you want to look more into like their website, or that's when you would ask that particular therapist more questions, you know, during the intake to see what they, what they particularly focus on. I think it's good to have a therapist that focus on a certain content because you know that they've done the research in that area. And that's what set that person apart from the other professionals. Okay, awesome. So 
can we talk a little bit about the benefits of therapy? Why should moms even consider having a therapist? Well, I think therapy is very important because it allows you to to really have a holistic look at yourself, you know, help you understand the choices that you make and push you into a neutral position to identify how to make better choices. A lot of times when we need to make choices or we have concerns, we often go to family or friends. Well, a lot of times when you go to family and friends, of course, the information that you're given is biased. Because if you ask your mom, your mom loves you. So a lot of times you might, you know, might not want to hurt your feelings. And sometimes, unfortunately, in certain situations, your mom may not be the person that can give you the information that you need. It may not be the source of the person to, to help you through a certain spot in life. So it's good to go through a person that doesn't really know you personally, that can kind of give you an open-ended look at how you can explore different choices in life. That way you can feel that you don't have to be guarded with the things that you say. You can feel free. You can feel that you won't be judged at that moment. So that's a good reason to, to start the therapy process. Okay, that's good because... Especially, I feel like in the Black community, you know, we often vent to our families and not even realize that they may not even be the best person to be giving out advice. And we don't realize that it's biased. So I'm so glad you made that point. But then also, you know, um, if we feel like we're experiencing anxiety or depression, you know, like you're always sad or you always feel like you're tired and you don't know why or you're always hollering at your kids and you can't figure out, you know, why these things are happening. I think therapy is good for that too. Exactly. And like, you know, in our community, especially in the minority community, we have already been kind of taught that you don't really talk about your business outside of the house. You know, you don't tell. Exactly. <laughs> You know, you keep that all over here. And like him said, you know, those feelings are real. And a lot of times, if you're talking to a parent or you're talking to a friend, you might not want to tell them. Sometimes I just sit up and cry at night for no reason. Because then they might say, girl, what's wrong with you? And you, you know, like, seriously, I do cry at night and I don't know why. Therapy gives you that opportunity to speak those things and not feel like, okay, something's weird going on with me. Because... You'll be surprised at how many people may be going through the exact same thing, but just too ashamed to say because of what we've been taught in the past or maybe someone else's bad experience through something. I just pray. I just deal with it on my own. You know, sometimes you can get that advice from family. Mm-hmm. And that's always the best advice for you to, um, to help you. So I always think as a therapist, when I started a long time ago, over 12 years ago, um, <laughs> um, 2006, four. I'm not going to go any further back. <laughs> coming from a small town, you know, coming from a place where I barely even heard about therapy. I just knew I wanted to do psychology. At first, I would think like, how am I going to help these people? <laughs> what am I going to talk about? Because even growing up, you know, people just never integrate that into your mind that, you can always get help from an outside source and that what you feel is real. 
and that someone can validate your feelings to help you move forward. Because if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling depressed, if you feel like you want to hurt yourself and no one ever, ever validates that, you can stay in that unsafe place for a very long time. Yes, that's so good. So good. And I think too, you mentioned earlier about childhood trauma and just really working through those things that you may not even know have impacted your life. So I think it's really good for that too. But anyway, so what if you feel like you don't really know if therapy is for you? How do you know it's time for you to seek therapy? Is it because you have those feelings of sadness or depression or maybe you do want to go on this journey of like finding out why you keep making the same decisions. What does that look like? Okay, now I feel like I'm ready to go to therapy. You know, I think everybody's journey is different. Unfortunately, therapy kind of gets a bad rap because a lot of people don't go to therapy until they feel like things are really terrible. So that's how come sometimes people do have mental health issues where you say, well, I don't want to go to therapy because Maybe people who talk to themselves go to therapy or people who are manic depressed and who have a blanket over their head and don't comb their hair. Those are the people that go to therapy. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, they told us when we were younger, like, people that go to therapy are crazy, like you say, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes if you have, and you have to remember also going back to childhood, you'll be surprised at how much is linked to how we were raised our lifestyles growing up, everything is truly from A to Z. You know, we really have to look at the stepping stones of our life. So when you start with, you know that you're ready for therapy when you feel like you have these reoccurring thoughts. These thoughts are constantly coming into your mind. You're making the same decision. Some people can get into a bad relationship after bad relationship after bad relationship. Like, why? what is the trend? What is going on? And then you start saying, well, it's that person, it's that person. You know, there's no good men around this, this, this. But sometimes if you see a trend, what am I bringing to the table? What did I do? I'm easily frustrated with my child. Every time my child say, mommy, I'm like, what? Okay, that's not, might not be normal because your child didn't want to do that. You know, we might want to think it in our head. What? But sometimes, you know, we see that we're easily frustrated. We're not, process, we're not progressing in life the way we would like. You know, I'm trying to get that raise. I'm trying to go to that next step with the job, but it just seems like it's something that's holding me back. You know, I would like to build my self-esteem. You know, a lot of times we can stroll social media just looking at the way other people live their lives because maybe we don't have it within ourselves to start the journey that maybe someone else started or maybe trying something different. So it's just good to look at what someone else is doing without putting forth the effort and live vicariously through someone else without starting with ourselves. So that's a, even something to look at to see, what am I doing for me? What changes am I making to do these things that I'm constantly thinking about? So if you start to see that you're not progressing in certain areas, you can't get certain childhood thoughts from out of your mind, if you're easily frustrated, you feel like you're stressed all the time, those are some good reasons to go ahead and get started with therapy or even start the process of looking at potential therapists. Yes, that's good. And I like the thought too, you know, being proactive before there is an actual mental health problem, like before it develops, because I know a lot of the times, um, like you mentioned before, 
before there's even a mental health problem there has been some events that have led up to that but it's just like we're sitting there thinking oh I don't want to go get help or I don't want to go talk to anybody about this because they're gonna you know people are gonna think I'm crazy is that word right there you said the perfect word proactive you know if we were more proactive about it we wouldn't be to the point to where it can look like it's such a terrible thing a lot of therapists even if you look on instagram and look at websites a lot of therapists are trying to especially minority therapists are trying to put this plug plug into normalized therapy there's there are word therapy is okay you know and trying to make it seem as normal and that's another reason going back to the question you asked about coach some people will prefer a coach over a therapist because the word just don't sound as crazy you know i'm going to coach i have a professional coach they're helping me with career choices you know i didn't go to like a a therapist where they said i was crazy or i had asked me if i'm going to hurt myself or something like that so it's all a building block just trying a different way to do something okay now what if a mom feels like she doesn't have the time to actually you know go to appointments or research a therapy or maybe it's not the time but maybe it's the money she feels like she can't afford therapy Um, what do her options look like and what advice would you have for her Okay, well, there are a lot of options out there. You know, the first thing I would always say, you know, like if you're looking for like maybe free therapy or something like that, you know, the local United Way always have therapists available for people who may be looking for low cost or free therapy. Another option is that you can look into getting a LPC intern. So in Texas, once again, licensed professional counselor intern, those are there are interns people who are studying to get their license but they went through all the education and they're working under someone who's had their license for at least like three years that's trained them at the time a lot of the times they offer uh, therapy at a lower rate i think that's a good choice because you can get started with the process and you can also try that at a lower rate also if you're looking for a therapist, you can also, there's a, a plethora of platforms you can go into to try to find someone. I always recommend just calling a therapist. You know, looking at the websites like Googling therapists in my area, depression therapists, anxiety therapists, putting those keywords into your Google search and giving them a call or send them an email. Once again, they have the talk space, they have the better help where they have like the um, rates of like, I think $25 a week to where you can have like a certain number of sessions. You have Psychology Today as a different platform that you can go into to find someone. And also your insurance company, because a lot of times your insurance companies have a list of therapists. A lot of people don't like that choice because they say, I don't know anything about these people. But once the insurance company gave you the name of the therapist, Google them, look them up, look on. Yes, that's what I did. And they have like the insurance companies have the directory so you can actually filter them. So if you want a black therapist or a Latina therapist or, you know, whatever they may look like, you can actually filter for that in your area. Like if you only want to drive 10 miles because you want something close to your job, you can filter for that. So I actually like that option too. 
And I think that's the best. Honestly, if you have insurance, I think that's the best option because first of all, they accept your insurance. (laughs) (laughs) You know that you don't have to ask. (laughs) Exactly. Like, do you accept my insurance? You found me on this panel. (laughs) You will know that they are convenient. You know, so those are the first two things if that you accept my insurance and are you convenient? Those are the first two things. Then you can go into your ethnicity and your specialty and all those things. Because if the therapist is too far away, you won't continue. The continuity of care might not be as great. And if they don't accept your insurance, well, you don't want to pay out of pocket if you have an insurance policy. So you have those options. And then for the people, like I said, that does not have insurance, you can always check the United Way, look for a um, counselor intern, you know, and also some therapists have sliding scales. Sometimes you don't know until you contact the therapist. You might say, you know, you can just call and let them know, say, hey, this is what I can afford. Um, do you provide a, a license, uh, sliding scale? And the therapist can always say, yes, I do. Or, you know, maybe I won't be able to accept that rate at this moment. But at that time, you'll know you tried and you can look on. You just never know until you reach out because every situation and every therapist is a little different. Okay, that's really good. And then also I wanted to mention EAP. If you are employed, and I'm not sure if you work part-time or full-time, but most companies do have the EAP uh, where they will offer, I want to say two to three sessions. My friend worked for a really good company and they actually gave her like six free sessions. Um, But you can only use those therapists in the EAP network and they are very limited. So that's the only downside of that. But it is an option if you want somebody, you know, that's free if you can't afford it right now. Um, She did utilize that option and she ended up liking her therapist. So just another option. And also remember the EAP is the Employee Assistance Program. And one thing about that is easy for a therapist to get on that panel. So you may find a therapist that's not with that particular EAP program. And you can also ask them, you're like, hey, you know, my employee has this um, employee assistance program. Would you mind joining the panel so that I can get free sessions? And your therapist can either say yes or no. I've done that so many times with uh, clients who had EAP programs that I want familiar with and I would just call and say hey I'd like to join this panel I already have a client and they'll be like okay (laughs) oh wow see I didn't even know that that's awesome yeah so I mean like a lot of things you don't know until you ask because Uh, insurance mm -hmm. is just insurance is just crazy (laughs) and when you look out here it's just so many choices and one other thing I didn't say um about the options is you do have your social media you know, sometimes in social media, it could be a little bit tricky, but you won't know until you do investigation. You can see a therapist and they'll be posting their stories and stuff, and you could feel free to look at their website and see if that person is a good fit for you. Okay. Now, you talked about actually looking up therapists. So, called around, we've kind of decided, you know, some choices, uh, people we're interested in. How do you actually choose? who is best for you is it just based on you know personal preferences their specialties uh what do you think and then uh, if you don't mind sharing your personal experience or if you have a therapist what did that process look like for you okay you know i'm a person 
I just feel like the relationship, do you feel comfortable with the person? That's first and foremost, you know, and that's for if the therapist feel comfortable and if the client feel comfortable with that therapist, you know, of course, asking them how many years have they been a therapist is a very good question because you really just want to know what type of experience and that can kind of let you know if that person has dealt with situations that were similar to yours. You know, most people give you a general answer. Oh, have you dealt with depression? Yes, I have. But depression like my depression, like when they cry every other day. Yes, I have. You know, so that might not be, you know, a good enough response that you need. But if that person, let's just say they've been dealing with depression for six years or 10 years or 20 years versus maybe one year, that's basically your preference if you're looking for that. And maybe their philosophy, everybody has a, you know, a different philosophy they're looking for when it comes to being, um, finding a therapist. Um, so you might want to ask that, of course, their fee, <laughs> you know, but hopefully that research was done before you even got to this, you know, initial session or anything, you know, I've, I've heard this question a lot. Um, do you have a therapist? <laughs> I don't really think that that part really matters because if the person seems grounded enough to work with you and your questions and they appear that they are taking care of their self-care from the conversation that you have with the person, then that should be, you know, good enough. If you feel like that's a question you can need to ask, then ask. But um, personally, I have been to therapy, but I don't currently have a therapist. So I think having a therapist and having had that experience can kind of let you know the experience that your client could have but I, I always say vibe always 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 because if you don't feel comfortable with a person you will not talk to that person they could have they could have went they could have a master's degree a phd two phds two master's degrees <laughs> 30 certificates if you don't feel like you can pour your heart out to that person or say things that you've never told a soul then it's not an effective situation for you. Now, I've heard somebody say that they were not able to open up in the first session or two. Like, they really kept, I guess, their answers brief. Um, but then, I guess, after the second session, they were able to open up. So, um, do you know why that is? Like, you know, they don't feel comfortable, like, initially, but then they, you know, become more comfortable, I guess, as time goes on. Well, this is new. It's a new situation for a lot of people. Remember, we are taught, you don't talk about your business in the streets. <laughs> I don't want to call therapy the streets, but it's not inside of your home, as you have been taught. So the situation, should I be doing this? Is this really private? Um, I mean, am I making the right choice by doing this? And also during the initial session, is normally the assessment. So the assessment time is normally a lot of questions. And you have to ask questions sometimes that don't make people feel very comfortable. Like, have you ever harmed yourself? Have you ever harmed anyone else? Are you thinking about that now? Describe any past traumas. And sometimes when we get back to this trauma, people have experienced past traumas that they pretty much bury. They put it away. That happened way back in 85 or 92 or whenever. So I really don't want to talk about it, but this therapist is asking me. So if I'm really trying to go through my process, should I even mention this? So that can cause a person to shut down, having to open up some about something that they really 
didn't really want to talk about in the first place. They might be like, oh, I just went to therapy to try to get some motivation to find a new job. But then she asked me about hurting myself. Then she asked me about past trauma. Um, I don't know if I want, I like this so much. This might not be for me. But as you continue to go, you can feel more comfortable and see, okay, this is part of the process for recovery and healing. And, you know, some people may not even know what trauma is or that they have been actually a part of childhood trauma or that it has affected them because they are unaware. And so, you know, do you, I guess, as a therapist, actually explain what trauma is and sort of like give them an example of why they have experienced trauma? Yes, that's that's a very good point. I've been to so many trainings when I'm like, especially when people are talking about the minority communities, like a lot of people have normalized trauma. <laughs> a lot of people feel like I could probably never have a great relationship because I grew up around a lot of people cussing and fussing and yelling and fighting. So that's just the way it is. Nothing's perfect. When you're in life, you're going to have cussing, you're going to have fussing, you're going to have fighting, you're going to have cheating. So some people call it trauma. But I call it real life. You know, I've seen people get shot. So it means that really trauma. No, this might be real life to me. So trauma is when you experience something in your life that is currently still have an impact on you today. So you might say like, well, what would that look like? Well, it could look like something that you're recreating in your current life. So sometimes you might have experienced something where you're used to maybe you've been traumatized as a child. I'll give an example. The best thing I can say is like, for example, like a, a child that may have experienced trauma during their childhood may have been abused in their childhood. When they become a parent, that parent would often maybe pacify their child, give their child maybe too many things, try to do anything to try to create a better life for that child. So when you've experienced something in your childhood, that causes you to not make the best decisions later on in life, or not even in childhood, but in life, and it causes you not to make the best decision at this time, then you can kind of count that as a, a traumatic experience. Or uh, if it prohibits you from moving on, you know, I can't move in life, on in life because this has happened for someone who may have been raped or, you know, attacked or something like that. It may cause them not to have positive relationships, may not trust their partner, different things like that. Well, then that's signs that you may have experienced trauma. Okay, makes a whole lot of sense. And I hope people, you know, will actually do some more research on this whole childhood trauma thing because it's so real. And I don't think people really understand the impact of it and how it affects how they parent, how they handle like just relationships in general. Um, but anyways, how does one know um, what type of therapy to seek? Because I think at the beginning you were saying, you know, there's different types of therapy. And so how do they know which one would be best for them? Because, you know, like there's talk therapy. I think you talked about something that was cognitive behavioral therapy. I don't know if that's the same. You know, just talk through those a little bit. Okay. Well, there's a, a lot of different therapies out there. The most common therapy that you will hear, like within talk therapy, is um, the cognitive behavior therapy. 
cognitive behavior therapy is the most structured therapy. When you have that therapy, you have a certain amount of sessions. Therapist mainly helps you to identify your negative thinking or the negative behaviors you may be having in life and to help you with making positive choices. So those, like I said, those sessions are normally very structured. You may have homework. You may have things that you need to do each session. Each session will have a goal. Each session you will need to achieve something and bring on to the next session. One of the other most popular forms of therapy is called person-centered therapy, where a client does majority of the talking. Sometimes people have been through something in life and they've never told a soul, never told anyone, may not feel comfortable telling family, may not feel comfortable telling friends, or they just might want to go into therapy and just pour it all out, just get let it leave it on the table. And so the therapist will do little talking, like, mm-hmm, I hear what you're saying, okay. And they're just mainly just talking. They don't really want the verb, the feedback, they just want to talk. And then you have the eclectic therapy. Now that's really another popular form of therapy. And that's using like more than one theoretical approach. So if a therapist is like, they are eclectic, they really need to meet you and see what your journey is before they can kind of give you a treatment module. I think that's a great um, form of therapy because everybody cannot fit in one box. You know, you may not want to have a homework assignment. You may not want to read, but for some people, that's their form of healing to where they like the bibliotherapy or they want to do some research. But some people may just want to talk and then they may want a book. They may want an article. They may want the assignment. They may want to do some aromatherapy. They may want to do some yoga therapy. They may want to do whatever they choose. That therapist will be prepared to help them through that journey. So I think that most people don't really do the research on therapy <laughs> modules <laughs> before. Let me see. I'm going to look up all the therapy modules and see who I'm going to pick. So to answer that question, I would say just read the therapist's background. Like whenever you're looking up the therapist, and most therapists on their profile will tell you their treatment style. And, and their I specialties, right? Like what they yeah. prefer. Exactly. And I think that's important too because you don't want to go to somebody who specializes in, you know, just say <laughs> it's depression and like, I don't know, single people, I guess, but they don't really have experience with family per se. And you're trying to get help with, you know, your relationship and family, I guess, if that makes sense. Because I feel like you want to have somebody who's more experienced in the specialty that you are looking for. Exactly. So unless you know treatment modules, you really don't know <laughs> what's the best one that you would like to choose. So I would, I would just like I say, just read their bio. Okay, I heard a little bit about person-centered. I don't just need to talk. I need to hear what they have to say. So that's a no for me. Or, uh, you know, I've heard a lot about cognitive behavior therapy. I might want to try that. You know, or I just call it the therapist. A lot of therapists provide like 15 to 20 minute free consultations if you just call. And then that way you can just pretty much ask the questions. We have a lot of people looking the holistic route. So you can go into like, you know, find you a, a therapist that may specialize in holistic therapy. Or some people like to just learn more about body, mind, and spirit. And you want to look into yoga therapy and there's aromatherapy. So 
it really just depends on what you're looking for. So I would always say in your search engines um, on on the internet, you know, type in, okay, if I want a holistic, holistic black therapist, Houston, holistic black therapist, <laughs> <laughs> see what it brings you and you can go from there. Yes. And I'll say for me, I was really looking for somebody who was a mom and you can't always figure that out from, you know, the directories or the insurance thing. And so you really got to do some digging. <laughs> but again, it really depends on what you're looking for. Because I always like people who can actually, you know, give advice or talk you through things that they have had experience with. So I know if they are parents themselves, then I would assume that they are doing the best that they can, right? They've had these methods that they've sort of helped parents, you know, work through and they've tested them themselves. So that is how, you know, I looked for my therapist. <laughs> and so I, you know, I just encourage doing research, but I understand, you know, a lot of people don't have the time to do that. And so like Elena said earlier, you know, you can just take out the time when you call them to ask questions, whatever you want. I don't think any question is like a dumb question. So I feel like if that's something that's important for you, you can just ask like, you know, maybe, I don't know how you would ask that over the phone, <laughs> but I'm sure there's a way. I don't know. I mean, most, most therapists will answer the question unless it's just like, because um. you know, there are some single people, for example, I think this one woman, she had a specialty of like dating and relationships, but would I go to the same person to teach me about parenting when she's a single person and she's never had a kid? I mean, I don't know. It's possible that she has helped families, but that just wouldn't be the person that I would choose. You know? I mean, it is possible because you, you should be teaching, helping people according to um, research and your education, you know, sometimes versus personal experience. So there's a lot of people who do specialize in things that they're not They doing. don't have experience, personal experience, yet, but I like a little bit of both. Yeah, so. that's coaches that are single <laughs> yeah so I think again it goes back to like you know deciding what's best for you like what do you want that's why I said I think that's a very difficult question to answer because everybody's just looking for something different and the only way you can really know is through research you know mm -hmm. or you know looking but one thing I did not say was a great way to find a therapist is of course word of mouth Oh so, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's good. Now that's your calling card right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you mess about, hey girl, you know, but like we say, it's kind of like a dirty word. It's something we don't want to talk about. So you might not want to ask your friend. Do you, do you have you ever heard of a good therapist? Therapy? What you need a therapy for? What's wrong with you? Look, girl, have you heard of a therapist? <laughs> <And hopefully laughs> you know, they can help you. But you know, once you starting to you know, work on that self-improvement portion of yourself. You just try not to be, you know, you're unapologetic about any question you need to ask. Yeah. Oh, and that's a good thing too, that you said self-improvement. I don't think a lot of moms understand that, you know, even when they've been through like these relationships and then they become single, like that in itself can be trauma and okay. they don't understand that they need to do the work to self-improve. I don't think they understand that. And so, yeah, that's so important. It's like 
therapy is a part of doing the work, you know, to improve yourself because a lot of the times you have baggage from those relationships and that baggage, you're still carrying it on your shoulder and you wonder why you keep thinking about this person or wondering if y'all might get back together or you're so bitter about the child's father that you can't really parent to the best of your abilities. And so (laughs) I just really encourage you guys to think about that whole self-improvement thing. Uh, It's so important. You know, that was, I'm so happy. I'm so happy you said that. That is true. You know, if you go and you, you plan to have a baby with someone, you know, and the goal is we're going to raise this child together. We're going to be a family. And something happens to where you are left doing this alone. That is definitely a perfect example of trauma because children are born with instructions on their backs to say, hey, you know, how am I going to do this? And going back to how we say childhood, what if there was things in your childhood that didn't go the way you wanted to go? And now I'm the lone person that has to make all of these decisions for this human being. But there's still things within myself I need to work on. Yes, that is a, a perfect example of, you know, needing to make sure that you do the soul searching and the work to be the best parent that you can be. Because if you... As you'll notice, as the children get older, they'll start to notice things and they'll start to ask questions and you want to be prepared before that time comes. Especially if you have a child that asks a lot of questions like me. (laughs) But anyways. (laughs) Now. They they are taught to ask questions. Like for us that grew up maybe in the 80s and the 90s and the 70s, you know, people wasn't saying, so how, what about your feelings? How do you feel about this today? But now kids want those answers. Kids want to know. You didn't ask me about myself today. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to be whole. You need to be one to be prepared for all those things, you know, that you didn't think that you would have had to answer or deal with in your situation. Yes. And, you know, you said something about, you know, you plan to have this child, with this person and work together to raise this child, but things don't work out like that. But then there's also a situation where, you know, where I guess like a large number of situations where things aren't planned like that. And, you know, you just end up getting pregnant and then you got to talk through like, okay, what's going to happen with this child? And a lot of the times people are not ready And so that is also a part of trauma. It's like, okay, you know, now I'm in a situation that I didn't prepare for. How am I going to get through it? People sometimes react out of, you know, emotions and then things go left. And so a whole nother thing. But I just wanted to, you know, make sure that you guys are aware of this whole trauma that we speak of. That is so true because the point is nobody really plans regardless of how it happens to do it alone. Now you do it now. You have different situations where you do. Oh, single moms by choice. They do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but you know, but even so, even once you make that decision, things come up that you probably weren't unable to prepare for because you were unaware. Unaware. Yes. Cause I, I had a mom on the podcast last year and you know, she went through all this IVF treatment and stuff like that. And she, I think she said a part of the program was her actually having a therapist for that reason, because there would be some things that would come up that she didn't think of or that she was unaware of 
that she would have to navigate alone, you know, because she did make the choice of becoming a mom, you know, without a father around. Exactly. And even once you go through the IVF and you make that decision, you still went through maybe years of thinking that you may have had a partner in some way. Right. Mm -hmm. That can help you. And then when that journey didn't go in the direction you planned and you planning to be a mother and that was something that you still wanted, like you say, you still have all of those thoughts and you know, emotions. Did I make the best decision? You know, I got to raise a child. You know, am I going to be able to explain, will I want her to meet her father? You know, just so many things that, you know, you have to think through. And it's difficult to think through those things alone or discuss them with family because they've never been through it. Half the time, like you said earlier, our families can't help us because they never did the work. They don't know the best possible solutions for these problems that we have. Exactly. And another thing is that we were taught not to question, like if someone did tell us something that what they say is golden because that's your parent, that's your mom, that's your grandma. Right, right. You may think that you want to make different decisions. And then um, in a book um, with Michelle Obama becoming, I remember she made a comment about, you know, like, I love my mom to death. She woke up every morning. She cooks, she cleans, she does. But I didn't want that narrative for me. I respect everything. So what if you want a different narrative, but you still respect the narrative that you was raised under? Right. You know, you have to seek out the knowledge to know how I can make that decision. Right. So I have a mom that, you know, wrote in or whatever, and she's tried therapy before and it did not, or she felt like it didn't work. Do you believe therapy is for everybody? And what advice do you have for her? Because, you know, personally, I'm just going to share my thoughts. And then, you know, you can tell from a professional standpoint. But I just think, you know, therapists are like doctors. And when you're looking for a doctor, that doctor may not work for you. You know, that doctor may rush whenever you go in for your appointments. They may not take time to explain things. And then you have to find another doctor. And so I think therapy could be similar, whereas that therapist may not work for you or you may not vibe with that therapist. Um, They don't have the tools they need to help you. Um, There's just so many variables, I think, when it comes down to just automatically saying like, oh, therapy didn't work for me because of the therapist that you had, like when you didn't try to find anyone else. Therapy, I think that everyone, if you feel that you need to, you should give it a try. But I agree with you 100%. It's all about fit. It's all about your comfort level, your vibe. And that's why I said that's the first criteria. Do I feel comfortable with this person? You know, I do know that you mentioned earlier that you said that you had a mom that said that she went to therapy or people going to therapy and it take about one to three sessions to warm up. But honestly... If I don't really feel very comfortable the first session, I may not be back. You know, you get that. Don't call me. I'll call you. You know, because you need to feel comfortable. Now, you might not tell them your secrets from 1995. You might not say all of that to the therapist that you first met on the first day. But, you you know, I think that we all know we feel comfortable. Sometimes we might try to force things that may not fit. That's why it was good that you asked earlier, what questions should I ask my therapist, um, you know, upon going to meet them for the first time? If you've had therapy in the past and it didn't work out, 
some of the things that you think that did not work out in that relationship, I think you should ask that therapist during this new relationship that you're trying to create. You know, maybe you thought they rushed you. You know, I like to take my time. I don't like to feel rushed. So are we going to get our full 50 minutes? Will it be 45 minutes? Will it be an hour? You know, what is your theory? I'm, I'm more of the eclectic. Um, my last therapist used CBT. That wasn't for me. What's your, you know, module? I like to use theories. I like for you to have references. I don't like for you to minimize what I say. Whatever it is, bring it up because any kind of way, that's that's a professional relationship that you've established with the person. You're either paying that person with your insurance or you're paying them cash and you have the right to ask the question that you need to ask to feel comfortable. And then, you know, sometimes you might be like, thank you, and then you, you know, might disappear, but just ask the questions that needed to be asked during that first session. Okay, that's good. So, you know, we're in this time of crisis, right? We have COVID-19 going on and people are not able to go to therapists face-to-face. How effective is online therapy? Then I guess how can people feel more comfortable about meeting someone online for the first time versus being able to go about it the traditional way and meet them in person? Well, you know, there's a a whole industry out there for like telehealth, online therapy, online medicine. And for a lot of people, some people, that is their go-to method. You know, one thing about online therapy I can say is that it's very convenient. One of the issues with the continuity of care with therapy is that people are often trying to get there, you know, rushing from work. And of course, if you're a single mom, you have to go pick up your child. You have to attend to them if they have any practices or activities or anything. You know, you have to attend to that. You might not want to use your lunch break all the time because that might be your only me time. So I use my me time to go to therapy and that might not work. So I'm going to go ahead with the positives with that. You know, as far as if you've never met the person, which a lot of times with online therapists prior to COVID-19, they haven't met their therapist in person. So you would try to build that same relationship you would in person, except, you know, you would just have that online presence. Personally, I'm a face-to-face person, but I do understand the necessity of the online therapy. So you would just really attend to the session the same way you would in person. You ask the same questions, you know, get a feel for the environment, see if the person is responsive. I think you can kind of see a lot of things now because when we're doing a telehealth, you can see people typing or looking at something else and trying to say, okay, is this person being attentive to me? Are they listening and different things like that? So I think you will go about it the same way you will go to it about with a uh, face-to-face session. So you do believe it's effective? I do. I, I, I believe it can be effective because I believe that something you know, if that's all that you're able to do at that time. And like I said, for a lot of single moms, this had, this would probably be the best tool. A lot of times, you know, my evening sessions, a lot of times when some of them don't fall through with single parents, it's because of time. It's just hard for them to, you know, commit to the time. So I do think it can be effective. You just have to go into the little open-minded. Right. That's good. So that is all the questions that I have for you. Is there any 
anything else that you want to share with the moms? I was just going to say, like, right now, since, you know, you mentioned the COVID-19 and therapy, I think for anyone that's considering therapy at this time, I think this would be a good time to maybe try out the online therapy because, you know, every industry has been affected by this COVID-19, and this might be the time that you may be able to find a, a good therapist that may be able to charge you a different rate because a lot of people can't go into their practices. They're working from home. And they maybe, you know, that'll be a time that people will have more time to, um, you know, just kind of give a little extra care. You can, you know, put a little bit more into building a therapeutic relationship because you may not be having to rush off to work at this time. You know, the time that you would probably be using to drive to work, you can use this as your therapy time just to give you the time to maybe start Googling and researching the therapist that's in your area. Yes, that's good. So definitely, if you have been thinking about it, now's the time to try it. You have time now. Um, Maybe you don't have a whole lot more time, you know, if you're still working full time from home, but you do have some more time since you don't have to commute. So consider, you know, online therapy and let us know how it goes. Uh, Elena, tell everybody where they can find you and connect if they have like any further questions. Okay, I can be reached via my website, www.hearttoheartservices.org, or on Instagram, Elena at Heart to Heart. Awesome. Thank you so much again. I appreciate it. You're welcome.